Welcome back, everyone, um, to another episode of Technicali. Uh, today, I am joined by Aiden Gamble from Inclusive Access Zimbabwe. So if you've been around here a while, you know that um, I'm trying not to make the host, red- uh, the guest, sorry, redundant, uh, and I will let Aiden introduce himself. Thank you so much for your time and good afternoon to everyone. Um, yeah, it's really great to be here. I'm Aiden Gamble, Aiden Gamble from Inclusive Access Zimbabwe. Um, we are a disability-focused orientated um, organization that really focuses on, you know, improving the lives of persons um, with disabilities really through technology. You know, we believe that technology is the access to the future for everyone. And, yeah, persons with disabilities should not, not be left behind. Okay, awesome, man. Um, so I just want to start off with a little bit of background about yourself. Um uh, what can you tell us about yourself and how you got into into working uh, with or for inclusive access in Bobby? Well, to really go back to maybe to my childhood, um, I was born visually impaired. Um, so I went to a special school as they termed, termed it for my primary education, um, which was quite cool. We learned Braille because now we can start talking, I guess, technology. We started using Braille machines. I'm not sure if you or any of our listeners are aware of Braille machines. Are you, maybe? Uh, yeah, yeah, I am. Uh, I've seen them, yeah. Yeah, so we started using those Braille machines. And um, I went from like grade one, maybe to end of grade seven using those things. And I thought to myself, no, there has to be more. Um, I would hear like other colleagues in South Africa and stuff using, start to use computers with voice. And then we moved on to... Um, like standard computers for, for, for blind users that were just like used by us, but they were controlled by voice, but they could do everything a normal computer could do, but they were like standardized for our own usage. Then, yeah, those were cool for a bit. And I used those and I was like, wow, the, these are the things. Um, and then, yeah, we moved on to basically laptops with screen readers. Um, and that, that, that was really cool. Um, and I guess, I got my love for computers now when I was in high school, mm. when we moved laptops with screen readers because going to Prince Edward School, um, you know, with all the pressures of the subjects and the teachers and, you know, we had to really keep up. So computer use really started to grow on in that sense. Mm. So that, that was really how basically a small background about me in that sense. Um, I guess if you'd like to know more. Uh, definitely. I actually want to know how it was um, growing up in, 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 in Zimbabwe. Now, from I went to I'm at St. John's College and um, I didn't I uh, didn't encounter anyone with disabilities. Um, and um, that kind of, I guess, sort of uh, made me blind to the fact that there are facilities, there should be facilities, I should say, in place to accommodate everyone. Now, this is not of the fault of St. John's because... Um, in my time there, I, I, I never encountered this, um, but I, I'm sure as you can understand, it's something that would have never crossed my mind. Um, so as you, you, as you were growing up, um, initially, how difficult was it, or if there were any difficulties um, in accessing the equipment that you needed uh, in order to, to keep up with your studies? <coughs> Excuse me. Um, right. Okay. Just, just really, I'm glad you brought up St. John's because it brings back a memory, um, you know, of like, yeah, when I was in high school. Um, I went to Prince Edward for from from one to from six, and what actually happened was a room was given to me, like basically a classroom was given to me to say, right, you can keep your books and stuff here, mm-hmm. because it, um, we had Braille books at the time. Uh, each subject, if you had maths or English, maybe it was about ten or twelve books. So imagine if you had maybe eight or nine subjects, you know, in those forms, mm-hmm. you'd be doing. You'd have so many books, mm-hmm. so like the. T- you need to go to page 380 and you'll be like oh ma'am I have to go and get my book <laughs> you know that's one of the experiences that really like started um, you know one of access like the gap in access in technology because like um, our colleagues outside Zimbabwe now started using computers at the time but yeah it, it was more of a funny a, a funny memory um, but to go back to your question I guess The barriers that we really face, um, like in terms of technology, is that 
persons with disabilities are like the least, or not, I wouldn't say the least, but they're not as educated as maybe they should be, or not as independent, sorry, let me, let me retract the educated word and say as independent as they should be. Um, I say this because I know so many people who imagine like you go to the shops um, and you have someone paying for you. But it's your money, but you have someone paying for you because you don't know how to use your device. Uh, that's kind of a culture that we try we, are, we try to now get out of. That's that's one of our biggest challenges at the moment. Um, we try now to educate persons with disabilities, visually visually impaired people, that you know there is uh, speech software on their phones that they could possibly use. Some are better than others, um, but yeah, um, it it works at times. And at times you still have people that are a bit dependent on someone else to do it for them, but yet it, it would be their finances. So I guess we can't get everyone to embrace that culture or that way of thinking if, if they don't want to, but I just look at it as a sense of independence because when I grew up, um, yes, being blind in, in, in a family where I was the only blind person, um, it, it was a bit, well, it was really wonderful, to be honest. I was treated normally. Um, the one time I had spilt sugar all over the floor, and I was actually made to clean up that sugar. Mm. It wept and swept, and it took me maybe like 45 minutes to clean, but those are one of the many, many examples how I was treated just the same like my brother and my cousins and the rest of our family. Um, there was really no difference. So I think that's also what really pushed me to really say, okay, I'm going to now go into life with a positive attitude mm. maybe go toward and of course after school I wanted to study in um, Zimbabwe but I went to a couple of institutions and they were like well no you can't study here. we're not sure how you will manage here and I was quite shocked so I ended up going to South Africa mm. um, did my um, master's and my diploma in IT. So I found that as a bit of an achievement, but I also did the software engineering for JAWS, the screen reader that we use mostly, mm-hmm. um, licensed screen reader, but that is the most widely used screen reader. So I've also done that. It's a bit of a specialized, um, I guess, skill in that sense. Um, but yes. So what really brought me now to inclusive access? Was the gap for the need for technology for persons with disabilities and just to help, just to have correct dissemination of information. You know, like for example, now with the vaccine, people don't know, should they take it? Shouldn't they take it? There's so much confusion. They haven't got the messages in the formats that they need to understand them in. There's not enough Braille formats. There's not enough pictorial formats. Mm. Even audio go a long way. Small audio files with, you know, good compressed quality. Um, I've seen a, a lot of, um, like, Saudi Arabia publications do that with the audiobooks. So... I might have spoken a bit too much. I apologize. <laughs> it has been the last. I don't know. It's been. It's my first attempt at something like this. Maybe like no, no, no. But um, yeah, that is partly one or two of my reasons why I started inclusive access. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw a comment um, after you had posted the story about our technology, mm-hmm. and yeah, for me to start a website and the contractor that we supposed to have sourced to do this website has now decided not to does not want to do the website anymore okay uh, it asked them about accessibility standards and stuff and they were like what are those they weren't too sure i said they need to read and they were like no we do our website standard like this we don't need to read and i'm like no you should just have a look at this mm. and then they end up wanting to do that so yeah we'd appreciate maybe a suggestion or two maybe from one of our listeners or, or you or someone who would be kind enough to work on a very good accessible website with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it would be an honor. 
I think it's definitely a necessity in, uh, in all fairness. And I think I should say before, I, I love guests who talk because it, it, it makes my job a whole lot easier. Uh, and I like soaking up information. So <laughs> for me, it's kind of a win-win. Um, so uh, second back to what you said, um, uh, accessibility standards is something that not everybody would have come across because um, in my time online, I've not seen too much, especially in Zimbabwe, um, where there are options. Uh, for for screen readers and etc. I know there are apps that have that that are not doing that. Um, but is there sort of a, some sort of a, a legal, not just legal, a, a statutory, a government framework for accessibility standards for online services, or it's something that hasn't yet been uh, kind of talked to? Now, I mean this from the very uh, bottom, like I mean from schooling level all the way up to you know, um, to uh, to to just you know uh, adult life. Well, with accessibility standards, it, it goes it goes with technology. It also goes with infrastructure. And just like you said, basically, your, your whole way of life, it's basically, you meant to basically accessible, accessible smart city, as they call it. Mm. Like your buildings, your areas are meant to be accessible. Yes, they can be steps, but why not make a ramp? You know, small things like that in terms of accessibility mean a lot. Um, in terms of now the... The technology side of things, well, there are firstly web accessibility guidelines that you can get that would um, basically guide you on how to make your website accessible. I mean, technically, there are some websites that I you can run a website checker. There are some websites that are quite accessible in Zimbabwe that are not too bad, but some others are terrible. So I guess it's a mixture um, at the moment. Um, I myself am not an Android user. Mm-hmm. Uh, find the the speech software like on Android and the speech software on iPhone are totally different. They they just run differently. Um, like for example, the NVDA screen reader on for, for the visually impaired. Mm-hmm. It's a brilliant screen reader, but it doesn't run as JAWS, the, the paid screen reader will run. Um, maybe I've got too technical, but yeah, I apologize. Oh, the um, show is called Technica, so you can get as technical as you like. Um, so basically, yeah, that's that's just some of the things. I mean, there, there are some really, really nice devices um, that are out there, like the Apex. And uh, these are like Braille standard devices, like I had said before. Mm-hmm. Then that it makings like standard devices, like for visually visually impaired people. So now there's like the Apex. It's a Braille device. The the, the Braille comes onto the, the screen, like refreshable Braille. It changes, you know, at the as it's meant to change, like on a screen that people can see. So those things are a bit crazy. They like maybe twelve thousand dollars. US dollars. Oh. US dollars. Jeez, okay, all right. Oh yeah, I have seen I've like met one or two people in South Africa that have them, mm-hmm. but I myself have not been lucky enough to get one. They're amazing devices. They go on the internet, they you can do basically anything. Okay. So curious that um you mentioned accessibility standards when it comes to physical um, physical places like uh, buildings as, as such. Uh, and I think, yeah, I've seen a number of buildings in Zim that, that don't have a ramp for whatever reason. Now, I spent my time, a bit of my time in university in Europe, and it was almost a standard, like not a standard, I think I should say is, is the right word, to see a ramp, um, to see buses with um, with lifts or buses that can lower uh, to, to enter. But it's not that common in Zimbabwe. Um and I'm 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 vague I'm, I'm very uh, uninformed about the, the legislation behind it, uh, but switching the focus a bit more to tech, um, has there been any lobbying um, to kind of you know get sites to a point where you know we can we can have access for everyone who who needs it? Um, has there been any sort of discussions with with organisations to try and you know try and formulate a sort of a, I guess the right word would be framework? Um, that can help sites meet a, um, a standard that that uh, can help, you know, Im- improve the reach or increase the reach of 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 of, 
of um, whatever content or, or products they're selling to, to everyone. Okay, right. Well, in terms of the, in terms of the accessibility infrastructure, yes, they are, just, just to brush on that quickly, mm. they are group working on that. They are trying to make accessible schools and they, they are trying to help the government. But going on to the um, accessibility now for the technology side, no, there hasn't actually been like people to say, or, you know, to really to sit down and say, okay, this is really it. Um, I think really you, we, you, we have to be guided by international accessibility standards. Uh, I, I guess in my view, that's the safest way to do it. Yeah, and I'm, I'm curious because I like every time that I, I, I look up something, um, I always try to look at it in a Zimbabwean perspective. So it can be as um, silly as iPhone has launched a new uh, MacBook. Um, and I was looking at it in the Zimbabwean context of, of, of cost and, you know, what impact that will have, what, what Zimbabwe is like for a general user who can actually afford it, et cetera. So I'm looking at um, the international standards that you mentioned, not, not looking at them, but just imagining the, uh, the, the time that you, that you mentioned. And I'm wondering, um, wouldn't it be like, um, wouldn't it be better, I think, to have those standards reflected in, in, in the Zimbabwean context because our lives are so much different um, when it comes to, you know, people overseas and people here. I think you mentioned the example earlier about uh, making payments, um, stuff like uh, eager cash and all that, all that kind of stuff, all those payment infrastructures, um, you know, swiping and whatnot. Um, uh, I know they get the machines from abroad, but the Zimbabwean context is so important because everything changes very rapidly in Zim. Um, so I, I don't know about you. Would you would you want to stick with, with the standards as they are, or would you prefer something that is more native to Zimbabwe? It would be a bit better to try and include more of a Zimbabwean context in it. Um, I do agree in that. Um, however, to get more people on board with this would also be key as well um, in that regard. Mm. So just um, on the technological aspect, when we say like screen reader, or maybe for the listeners, mm. but whatever he said on the whatever he's seen on the screen will read to me. Mm-hmm. So if I'm I'm moving around on my computer with my arrow keys, so that basically you can use a computer with your eyes closed. Mm. Um, the thing with a phone. It basically, it, it will read your WhatsApp message to you. Mm. Swipe from link. And you'll double tap in the box where you're supposed to type your message. You'll type as you press on your keypad. It's a normal keypad. And you send. So just clarifying because so many people, they like, oh my gosh, this guy's now he's using a phone. Yeah. And I, I've encountered so, so many people. I've done so many surveys. Um, I've been on different sites to talk to people and see, okay, this company or this this organization, and people end up, oh my gosh, how does he use a phone? Mm. Just, uh, I am even so shocked. <laughs> yeah, uh, I like to I like to run with the assumption that if he has a phone, he definitely knows how to use it, uh, regardless of of of. of, of. Who it is, but I, I kind of I don't know. Um, in some cases, uh, I kind of forgive that curiosity because many people are like me. Uh, it's something that we really ever uh, imagine, um, unless it's a reality for us. So I think is 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 kind of not right in a sense because I think at, at some points we you know one should actually ponder and think. But what would this be like for someone with a visual impairment or a hearing impairment or um, any other disability? How how can they? Um, uh, how can we make it? You know, how can you level the playing field, I think I should say, um, to bring these people on. So yeah, that kind of curiosity is, is uh, something that's occupied me now uh, after the conversation that uh, we had uh, was it a couple of weeks ago. Um, and then and just seeing and I actually had the I actually wanted to ask, I thought it would be rude to ask to be like, um, what would what it would be like to use a phone? Uh, but you've explained it quite brilliantly. OK, no, no, it's, it's actually fine. Um, I, I was actually shocked because like I would get a very big audience like I would just be paying for something nicely inspired and just people standing up and then you pay and then they just look and like oh wow 
So, uh, forgive me if this is uncouth, but could you just describe, like, if you get to a till and then you want to pay with eager cash, um, like, how does that go? So, hopefully, <laughs> I say hopefully because the, the, the second way is so long. Mm. So, first way is they will give them your number, they'll put it in, you'll make sure your phone is unlocked, a prompt will come up, it will say paying so much to wherever you at. Or spa, or pick and pay. You enter the number, like you type in a message, and you send and reply. And I mean, you enter your pin number, yeah, then you send and reply. Then yeah, it'll go through, and then you've paid. The second method now is when you have dial star one five one, star two, or star one, and it just takes forever. I always hope it's the first method, but my luck, most times it's the second, the long way. So how do you think that, uh, you know, uh, shops or a company like eCash uh, or, uh, could make it easier or could, could make it more convenient and less, less, um, less difficult, I should say, uh, to, to complete that operation? Well, you know, an app maybe where it's linked to maybe the shop and maybe our phones. But this this is really crazy, like technology, like crazy. But anyway, <laughs> an app where it's like linked to the shop and our phones, where when we put our groceries, say like on the toll point, those groceries send a message straight to our phone, maybe with a prompt. It's similar to EcoCash. Or, you know, it's linked to our account or it does a debit, one of those kind of things. It's similar to EcoCash, but... I think it would lessen it would lessen the the burden on us to do much. So um again forgive me for being rude, but I wanted to ask, um, when it comes to to, to tracking the, the actual amounts that they're like when they're when they're scanning the barcodes, uh, is is there a way that you can you can um uh get the actual values? Because I've been in shops a number of times and they might swipe something twice across the barcode and you're getting overcharged, you know, for, for something. Uh, is there a facility in place in stores or, or is, this, is there something that you have that you can uh, keep track of, of, you know, what purchases you're making or are you accompanied by someone? Well, at the moment, we're lucky, like the banks have the, good, the supposedly good SMS transaction. And like with um, the bank, I'm with Standard Bank. I'm allowed to say that. Yes, you are. Um, Okay. Yeah, Stanley, they're actually very good, um, in my opinion, mm. um, with the accounts and the RTGS accounts. Mm. Uh, with R247 hash, you can do quite a lot in terms of manage your accounts and money. And they love the feature of uh, sending your US dollars to your RTGS account. They love that. They'll take that money at the 84.5 something great okay so yeah but, um so i find them quite okay um in terms of the cash situation well at the moment us dollars are the best um i'm fortunate to go have access to the us dollar atm hmm. however it's a bit difficult to go there alone Unfortunately, it would be nice sometimes, but someone always has to accompany you. Mm. So, yeah, unfortunately, they'll know at one point in time how much you have, which I guess is okay in some sense, but one just never knows. True. Okay. Um, So now now shifting over to to, to COVID, because uh, we spoke about this. I think you you brought this to me uh, a couple of weeks ago that... uh, and it's again something that we've been writing about that this whole massive digital push um that's been happening due to covid um where everything is seemingly going online things we never thought would happen for example you see now standard standard bank uh net bank i think uh zero rate or reverse charge basically they get they pick up the bill for their for their for their for their uh customers um and we've seen so so many conveniences like e-commerce shops go online people can now order stuff the U.S. dollar is back, quote unquote. Again, probably it's it's not it's never been officially said, but for everybody who's been in the streets and been using money, they now know that the U.S. dollar is 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 now back. Um, um, 
with all of that and all the conveniences that someone like me would has, um, you know, for me, it's, there is very little friction between me going to an online service um, and using it. And again, it's, it's, it's again, the privilege of being in, 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 in a job where I work around tech. So I have the devices I need around me. Um, and even, even at school, um, there was very little that I didn't have access to, uh, to be able to, to use. Um, and we saw e-learning as well as, as, as one of those um, things that, that, that became a thing. Um, and when we spoke a couple of weeks ago, um, I got the distinct impression and uh, that I, get, I got the distinct impression that uh, disabled persons in our community are being left behind um, when it comes to this, to, to this digital, digital push. But what I, what I want to know is, and because I can speculate in my head all I like, but I want to, what, I, what I want to know from you is like, uh, how far is the, the gap? Like, where are we at when it comes to getting um, the right equipment for, um, for, for, for children going to school? Uh, all the way up to adults just you know living living their life excuse me i really think that technology in the sense of tablet devices um the, the affordable way i mean there's a lot of fancy stuff you could get mm. i mean there's person that sign language they need things where everything has to be captioned for them so those devices also have to be set for caption. They also some they have to be audio for slow learners and pictorial settings as well. Um, pro, programs for persons with dyslexia as well. So, but they can all be loaded onto a device, a tablet. So we go for the affordable thing. Tablets can be used from children right up to adults, but the appropriate things have to be put on those tablets. Mm. Because now, in the general terms of if I get a tablet or maybe someone else gets a tablet, what are they going to put there? Music, videos. Um, I guess, yes, I'm not saying you can't put music in videos, but if you get where I'm coming from. Mm. Um, you know, so I, I think the affordable way would, would be for to give everyone tablets or not give, but the use of tablets in schools because books can be loaded onto tablets via maybe PDF. Word documents. Mm. Mm. That would be the most affordable way to do it in Zimbabwe at this time. I would, I would think. Okay. In terms of data consumption, um, I actually find the EcoNet. Well, at the moment, EcoNet are terrible. Oh, they are terrible. I'm actually in Bracelet at the moment, mm. uh, but even very, very bad. Like the data is just pathetic. Mm, we've had similar problems, actually. Uh, it's been a kind of perennial thing with, with all the, the telecoms operators, uh, Net1 and, and, and uh, Telesol as well. Okay. Sorry? In that, it's like everyone in that sector, Net1 as well. Mm. Yeah. yeah. It's, 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 it's been a pain to deal with. Um, so speaking of, of, of tablet devices, now it's all well and good to, to give everyone tablet devices but uh like you mentioned up uh, with the device drive that inclusive access Zimbabwe is doing the appropriate software has to be loaded onto those devices to be able to to be off the, the most efficient use uh, for someone with disabilities can you just describe um you know um the sort of software that um that'll need to be embedded uh for 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 the spectrum uh, that exists in Zimbabwe and for people you've you've uh, you've personally encountered or, or know of well, if, if it's Apple tablets, then they love, they're very lucky. You can just turn on the voiceover mm. and you have to train the people on how to use it because you can't just give them the tablet. They have to really know what they're doing. Mm. So if they're lucky and they have Apple tablets, they can use voiceover and it, it's, it's really built in. You just customize it slightly for your preference and you are good to go. The problem or not the problem, but now the, the thing with Android, there is talkback. On every device in settings in accessibility, there's talkback. For example, in talkback you have vision, you have voiceover, you have captions. Those are all things for you know accessible persons who need assistance. So you can either put those on or off. And the thing with the voice is when you put that on, um, you have to download extra add-ons and make it more. It 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 works, but I don't know. There's something off about it um, so that's the thing but at the moment for tablets I guess that's what people would have to go for because it's very affordable 
and it's fine. It will really, it will work. It, it's not that it won't work. Uh, maybe I'm just biased because I use Apple. <laughs> yeah. uh, Apple users are a problem. It, <laughs> um, it, it could actually work in terms of devices. Obviously, uh, I mean, for example, the government are making supposedly that device drive or device making uh, um, center where they're supposed to be making all those tablets and stuff. Okay. I, I, you... yeah, I wouldn't expect, but um, I'm just giving an example. Um, mm. But yeah, devices like that would be fine. Okay. So have you heard anything uh, from, because uh, it's Telwan's, what, what was it called? I forgot the name of the company, but I think it's been run by Telwan. Um, and have they said anything? Because we haven't seen anything on our end to suggest that they're going to be making um or making more accessible devices, uh, like the Apex device you talked about, the, the, the Braille device. I know it's it's, it's exorbitantly expensive, um, but has there been any sort of uh, talk that, uh, any sort of engagement that, you know, we can make the software available, um, the, the necessary software available on those devices, or even to, to find a way to minimize the cost of those, uh, of the more expensive and more intuitive devices? Mm. You know, forgive me for saying this, but I'll be very honest with you. Mm. We are not stage in Zimbabwe yet. There mm. is a place called International, which is here in Zimbabwe, that they facilitate the delivery of Apexes. You can get one if you want one. But to say that the government must now, for example, or there must be a plan to have people have use Apex, no. I don't think Zimbabwe is at that stage. I don't think we can afford it, actually. I don't think we should be at that stage. We must be more universal, where everyone must use tablets and cell phones, normal devices. We don't want people to think that we must always use customized devices as well. So I think here where we are in Zimbabwe, for now, I think we can stick to our tablets and mobile devices and laptops as well. If you have a good laptop with... um the JAWS screen reader, you actually won't go wrong. You can download movies, go to YouTube, go to Facebook, Twitter to basically do whatever you want. Which reminds me again, please, if um, if anyone would like to guide us with our website, we would really be honored. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll definitely put your email address in the in the in the comments if there's a, a developer out there who um who wants to to, to work on the project. Um. So uh, going back a bit to the device drive, how's it going? Um, how many have you been able to, to, to get so far? I have managed to get uh, six devices. Mm. I've been lucky to get six devices, so I'll be posting them up soon. Um, and they will be distributed um, once the end of the, the, the end date of the, div- the device drive um, comes. Hope, we're hoping to get a few more. Mm. Okay. Uh, so w- the drive ends when I forgot the end date. The seventh. The seventh of May. So that's like two days from now. Like two days from now. Yeah. So uh, everyone, anyone listening, uh, make sure you, you, if you have something that you you want to, I'll leave uh, Aiden's uh, details in the in the description, so you can uh, make a donation. And uh, in in the article we wrote last week, yeah, they will be making available all the information about the disbursements of the devices, uh, so you can see where uh, where your donation went to. Um, I think it's a really good initiative. I think yeah, it's it's something that. Uh, I hope uh, there's like a snowball effect where, you know, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's, it's a common occurrence because I can imagine in my head, it's kind of like starting from, from just the, 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 the physical books stage. Uh, Cause um, uh, I can imagine in rural areas uh, for children with disabilities, it's not the easiest thing. It wouldn't be the easiest thing to get an actual device, but stuff like books and, and, and other things like that, I think would be, would be super, super useful and, and helpful because the schools in the rural areas are actually behind when it comes to, to material as it is. And I, I, I can't even imagine um, for children with disabilities how that must be like, not having the things that you need to be able to learn. So is that something you might be looking towards uh, in the future to getting, uh, for example, uh, Braille books uh, out there to, to, to remote areas? Well, in terms of Braille books, I myself think that it's a lot, a lot of work. And there's okay. too many books, but we have amazing software that basically can convert any document or any book into MP3 audio. Mm. So you take it in your car. It's like a it's like a playlist or it's mm. like a, a star a CD. Um, so it does this in maybe say whew, maybe ten to fifteen minutes, depending mm. on how big your, your document is. 
it basically converts it into an MP3. And the voices are obviously at the moment, I think they're English, French, there's a few, I think there's Afrikaans as well. Mm. But yeah, there's, they're pretty good. They're not too bad um, from my view. Maybe I'm also biased because I use these things mm. every day. So certain voices where like they are better than others. So you'd have to download them. So like a voice could maybe be 600 or 700 megabytes. So mm. that that's a is the best quality voice you could use like for your screen reader or whatever else you're using for the assistive um, devices. Okay. So is there a way like to, to get around the data element? Cause data is just ridiculously expensive and the services are just, uh, yeah, the services has not been good. I've had my, my, I wouldn't want to call them shouting matches with my service providers, but yeah, it's, it's, it's one of the things that you're charging as a premium, but doesn't seem like um, putting out the services. And I'm saying this in context of, of, for example, children in rural areas or people in rural areas, um, where what would be the best way to approach the, as much as it's a technological gap, there's also a data divide, um, you know, to, to make the, the, to make the, the necessary uh, resources available at, at the most, I guess I should say cost-effective uh, means uh, with the different, you know, um, uh, socioeconomic structures that exist in, in, in Zimbabwe. But in terms of data, in terms of technologically wise, before we get to policies and ways in which we can all make data affordable, we must make sure that a low data modes on our phones at all times. Mm-hmm. All this, if, if you don't do that and make sure you have not saving data always possible yourself, firstly, then don't expect your data to last. Mm-hmm. But secondly, yes, data is very expensive. Oh, it's like stupidly expensive and it's like useless mm. most times. Um, except for now, we're quite lucky. <laughs> um, yeah, but we we hope that like government could or that the providers rather could maybe make WhatsApp, say for example, affordable for everyone. It's it's good. I guess in a way it's cheap. Eight dollars for a small bundle for a day. It might be cheap in one sense, but unaffordable in another. So if they could make certain things like that zero rated, it would really help for information sharing, especially right now in the COVID times. Um, There's a lot of still stigma around the vaccination. Um, Like we said before, there's been no information shared, um, you know, with maybe people in general, nevertheless persons with disabilities. Um, I, for one, just heard one day, oh, you can get your vaccination. I was like, really? Are you sure? And my friend was like, yeah, go. And I was like, okay. And I took my family and we went and we were like, oh, shocked. Like, wow. It really happened. Yeah. Sorry, maybe. <laughs> um, but for example, that's just how I found out, you know, Eventually, they they reached out and you see our Ministry of Information, for example, um, like there'll be the NDS-1 that they're supposed to give us in Braille. Now, I I wasn't sure if it was going to be possible for them to give us this in Braille because it was like a 400 and something page document in my PDF. Maybe I'm wrong. If I'm wrong, I'm very sorry. But I'm sure it was quite a large number of pages, like 400 and something, to be honest, 435. Somewhere there to be, and in Braille that would be about maybe four books. So I don't know how many Braille yeah. copies they were. It's very expensive. Very expensive. Back to it. We need um, more information, more accessible information on the TV, for example. Mm. Don't just say uh, you can't only have sign language at news time, mm. <laughs> like on ZBC. Mm. Number. Number two, I'm sorry, ZBC. Yeah, and I'm sorry if anyone hears this, but ZBC, your productions are terrible. Like your news, your accessibility, your sound. Oh my gosh. Let's be serious. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it, I, I watch it with like my family. We, we try to be supportive of our leadership. Um, but it, it, um, the news is just really the, the accessibility. The stories are quite nice, but the accessibility and the sound quality, oh my gosh. 
please guys like do and i know you want to have more tv stations but maybe try to keep the first one running well before you open more just a suggestion <laughs> something we've, we've, we've spoken about internally as well but like um they need to get it right with zpc before they can move on to everything else but like, i imagine that the quality will eventually improve once everything goes goes from analog to digital once they get this whole digital transmission stuff um going right but you know i think as you said in my head i was just thinking yeah, even the accessibility element of it should be standard not only for tv but if you're going to release a document of national importance so that has an impact on people's lives in Zimbabwe, everyone's life it shouldn't come out as a written copy only there should be provisions in place i think um to make sure that everyone is capable for that document, that we get that immediately everyone can access it you know regardless of who they are and that's something that has been kind of lacking with with uh with our government i've seen that a little bit i think in germany a friend of mine who lives in germany was saying yeah you do get all those all those um um facilities are there and uh, in your case with Braille, like the NDS one being four books, uh, like what you were saying earlier, like if, if they brought it out as, a, as an audio clip, uh, um, someone reading it actually, and um, made it as, as data sensitive as possible, like trying to uh, reduce the size of it or make it multiple audios at that very low, um, very low, uh, uh, you know, sizes, I think that that that'll be great. But uh, they don't seem to be doing that. And even worse, the language in some of those documents is super inaccessible. Um, so even if you get the material, it's personally for me to understand it, it's just, it's, it's a nightmare. It's like looking up definitions to this, what's the context of this? Um, so I uh, forgive me if I'm getting a little too granular with this, but it's like, oh. if you're going to get, if you're going to give people access to this information, uh, fair enough, give us in the original legal speak, you know, st- uh, legal speak format f- accessible for everyone, but also a distilled version that, um, you know, all of us can kind of grasp. Um, you know, easily because not all of us are, are lawyers who are around this 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 kind of nomenclature all day. It's it's, it's passe or second nature uh, for them. Um, let us consume it in a way that we, we can understand and be, be able to ask questions. Uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe I've gone too far. Maybe I'm asking for a little bit too much. No, sorry. Please, just can you just repeat the last part? You actually broke up for a while. I actually oh, okay. caught you. If you don't mind. I know what it's, I know saying um as much as we can get the information uh accessible to everybody, so all of the copies in, in, in ways that you know is accessible for all, I also think that it should be distilled. Um the language in the in the in the documents should be distilled to something that we can all understand. Uh because Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, no, we 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 really also do support the dissemination of information in all languages. So mm-hmm. In terms of maybe Braille, to get it out in Shona, it would still be needed, or Ndebele, or another language that audiobooks can't um, produce at the moment, unless you do physical audiobooks where you have you get someone who reads, and you record and edit that, and you could make books out of you know people, but that requires a few readers and a bit of time and lots of books to read. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah. another thing I forgot to mention was we do the accessibility like if you have a PDF document there are ways to make a PDF document accessible I won't go into that now otherwise we'll be here till dinner <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not complicated but <laughs> everything has to be accessible so like there's web accessibility standards there's infrastructure accessibility standards there's document accessibility standards with Microsoft Word and with uh, PDF and PowerPoint and all those other programs we use. It's not hard, but we do like offer as inclusive access a small course on accessibility in terms of all these applications. So that we that we term as digital accessibility, where now individuals or whoever wishes to understand this would join us and we would go to a few more hidden techniques um, on, on the accessibility and how to make documents accessible. So yeah, that's the that's what we're aiming to do at the moment in terms of accessibility awareness. Um, in terms of books and braille, I wish we could do more at the moment 
But in terms of that, that's very cost effective. Um, I mean, ineffective for us. We are really aiming for the audio and digital time at the moment, but hopefully in the future we could do Braille as well. I would still encourage people to try and use um, their tablets, their devices. We are hoping to start a chat center soon where if anyone has a technological query or their computer crashes and they need help like instantly, they can call or text a number and they will be responded to. But um, we are waiting on confirmation on that one. Now, how long will that take? Because I can imagine uh, customer services uh, would be very vital. About a week. I think we'll have confirmation and then definitely customer service you did say customer service yes yeah yeah no customer service would be very vital and good okay so this is, this is basically like uh sorry if i'm taking you back a little bit but this is basically like tech support but if something goes wrong you have something that is best suited for your uh for you to be able to access uh, the customer services that you need um you know it's like what you said if your computer crashes etc yeah, we'll do, we want to do tech support and we also intend to branch out to do disability or just like positive living counseling. Mm-hmm. If you need to give you a advisory tip for something, uh, maybe related to disability or accessibility in terms of infrastructure, um, in terms of maybe policy. I, I, I think that all organizations should have an accessibility policy in place. Um, within the organization, they should know what is accessibility, what is disability. That is why I would encourage all organizations and private and corporate companies to have their two-day disability training that we offer. We do charge for this, but we can always, um, that is for, uh, you know, when, when you are ready to subscribe. But, um, those are ways that we think, you know, if, 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 if imagine a hotel or a business comes to an accessibility infrastructure workshop, they would see the things they never had thought, you know, mm. to do. And just to also meet with other colleagues of other different companies and share ideas and experiences. Mm. One more thing before I forget is employment of persons with disabilities. Mm. The amount of, um, I would say, yes, there are jobs out there, um, but there are, there are also no jobs out there, if you get what I mean. Yeah. There are, there are hirings. I can, I, I, I can vouch for that. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> there are also, there's also like, there's, it, maybe it's so little, there's like nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, so persons with disabilities now really, yes, blind people, I think we get undermined, visiting paid people as well. As mm. the hearing bit, if you are really, if you have a skill or if you have the capability to do the work, I don't think you should be judged. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe they don't judge you like saying, "Oh no, go away." They'll be like, "No, it's okay. We'll call you. You know, don't worry." But in their head or their attitude to you after that is like, "No, we're not, we're not going to call him." Just said, I think, uh, I think if someone has a skill and is competent uh, in the work they're doing, I think they, they should be given a, a fair chance uh, to prove it, you know, in, in the line of work. Because uh, my thinking is, is, is kind of like, um, I feel like, and again, this is me speaking from a position of ignorance, so forgive me, but it's kind of like the rapport with companies is that they tend to want the least, they, they tend to not want to change the way they do things. They don't want to be accommodative. Um, it's difficult to get them to see that, you know, all these things, like what you're saying with the, with the disability workshops is understanding that, uh, from a company's perspective, this is just more money, more customers for you. You're just making it that much more easier for, um, for, for people to access you. And even if, if it's an employee, again, it, it open, it will open your eyes to a number of things you, you weren't sure of. And even with stuff like product design, if, if you're, if, if that's your line of work, um, it, it opens up to, to a whole new clientele. If you have someone, who, you know, who's working within your, your organization who has in, um, a firsthand, uh, experience with, with, with situations like this. Uh, and I think it make companies more wholesome. Uh, but yeah, it's, 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 uh, sadly not the case. Well, as far as I know. 
Well, unfortunately, that, that is mostly the case with, I'd say, 98% of companies and firms and institutions. They really have that doubt. But we eventually hope to change that perception over time. And yeah, we, we, we're positive that it should go well. Um, just with this with awareness, just with people listening, finding out and, you know, getting the message out there to say, right. And also encouraging people with disabilities. Go out there. If you can go to, I don't know, I used to go to movies. I used to <laughs> go to, to just do normal stuff, if you get me. Mm. And people say, how do you watch? I have Netflix. I have I don't have Showmax. I thought of getting Showmax. Um, I'm wondering if Showmax has all the sports, like soccer. Yeah. Speaking of speaking of soccer, what do you support? And again, you know, our our relationship will be marred by this, so answer carefully. (laughs) Arsenal. Ah, why, man? Why? (laughs) Who are you? Man United. Man United. My household is Liverpool. How do you survive, man? How, how yeah, do you... I'm, I'm uh, I should have even just said I don't. I'm waiting to see now. I'm, <laughs> I'm on the fence, but yeah, at the moment, hey, should be not doing too good. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Hopefully, it gets better. Arteta can hopefully sort it out, uh, and you know, but just have to be patient and see. Yeah, for that. Uh, thank you very much, Aiden, uh, for joining for joining us for coming on to to um, to shed light on this. Uh, so as I said before, I will leave all the details in the description. So if you want to reach out to, to Inclusive Access Zimbabwe, uh, be it for a d- device donation to learn more about the organization or, um, to see uh, if you're a corporate, uh, to see how can, how you can uh, join, um, Inclusive Access's, uh, disability workshops. Sure. Yeah. I'll, I'll definitely leave the description. I am, you know, it'd be so great. Right. Thank you very much, Aiden. Uh, and, uh, yeah, anytime you want to have another chat, just, uh, just let me know. All right. All right. Thank you for listening and we'll see you soon. Thanks to everyone. Thanks. Have a good day.